Hello, everyone, and inside today's episode of Locked On Canadian, it's all Lane Hudson all the time. We have a very special guest who's going to help lay out what makes one of the Canadian's newest prospects so special. So much on Lane Hudson inside today's show, and that's all coming up next. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very, very special episode of Locked on Canadians. This is episode 664, and as always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every single day of the week, or if you are watching on YouTube and you are seeing our shining faces, you will notice we have a third shining face with us today. Uh, before I introduce our guest, I have to introduce my fantastic co-host, the active stick, Laura Saba. Laura, we have been talking about this episode since the draft basically happened almost a month ago, how excited are you for today? I'm just excited that short people are finally having a moment. <laughs> um, I was very excited, obviously, when the Canadians got this player and a lot of our fans who are a little bit, or our fellow fans, I mean, who are a little bit dialed in have been very, very excited about this as well. So much so that we're getting a lot of questions about um, you know, the, the current short king of the moment. And so I'm so excited that we have a guest uh, who's going to help us sort of explain to our listeners why we're so excited about this guy. Yes. And without further ado, I'm going to stop pretending that I am an actual expert on Lane Hudson or prospects. <laughs> I just play one on this podcast. We are joined by Paul Zook of Smart Scouting and the Charging Buffalo. Paul, thank you so much for making time for us today. And we really appreciate uh you helping us learn more about the newest short king in Montreal uh, for this upcoming season here. Uh, Laura Scott, thank you so much for having me on. Um, first time. Uh, great podcast. And yeah, let's. Uh, I'm ready to talk some Lane Hudson with you guys. Got a hell of a player there. So we're gonna we're just gonna jump right into this. Uh, I was sitting in the draft row amongst people from Dauber Prospects and Elite Prospects and other things. And on day two, as tired and hungover as I was, when Lane <laughs> Hudson's name was announced at 62nd overall, every single scouting person around me went, that might be the best value pick made in this draft so far. And I knew of Lane Hudson. I knew of similar players to him. I wrote a scouting profile on Seamus Casey, who played in the same U.S. development program. But everything about Lane Hudson screams that if his development happens and progresses the way it should, that he's going to be an incredible NHL player. Can you kind of elaborate on what, you know, why is Lane Hudson such great value at 62nd overall? What, what makes Lane Hudson tick? Why, why should fans be excited about him? Fans should be excited about him solely based off the fact that where he was selected, he's five foot eight. If he's, three inches taller he's a top 10 pick the way he plays the game is amazing he loves to push the pace he loves to create offense from every single zone on the ice there's not much that he can't do with the puck on his stick and it's unfortunate that the way that things have been especially with prospects being looked upon like if you're not like five foot ten or something you're kind of almost overlooked in a sense and it's it's unfortunate but the best players that are that tend to be shorter always seem to find a way to to come through 
And Lane's going to be exactly that. I mean, he's a hell of a defenseman. Um, no matter where he is on the ice, he can basically make everybody on the ice look just as good or better than him. And the amount of offense that he's like, he's just going to be nothing but an assist creator at the next level. And it's going to be great to see him play. Is his size in relation to physicality something we should worry about? Or is the way that he sees the game like people have concerns about Cole Caulfield that he's going to get blown up at the NHL level because he's five foot seven and weighs 165 pounds smoke or soaking wet. And yet we rarely see Caulfield get hit when he's carrying the puck, at least in the second half of the season. Does Hudson kind of fit that role where he sees the game so well that he can, you know, avoid contact because he knows what route to take. He's not going to charge headlong into, you know, opposing defenses and come out the other side. He's going to go around or through them. Is that kind of how he sees the game that uh, the shifty defenseman with the puck on his stick? I know he's not a big, heavy shooter, but he seems to be creative in all aspects of his game. Absolutely. And you, you kind of notice it a lot, like you said, with Cole Caulfield and other players like Alex Zabrinkit and whatnot. When you are that smaller frame, smaller weight player, you almost have to have that second nature of like, I need to be aware of everything on the ice when it's happening. And I need to know what to do to protect myself, but not only keep myself in the play as well. So, yeah, I would say exactly. Hudson's size, I don't think is going to hurt him at the next level. Um, it plays a role and I'd say that he's more elusive um, he's very hard to defend against, and I would say that it might honestly help him out, if anything. How's his skating? I, I know to be elusive, you got is he fast or is he agile? And I know there's a very big difference between these. Like, Josh Anderson is fast. Josh Anderson is not agile. Mm-hmm. Um, does he have the agility, like, four directions, or just straight ahead? Is he just going to, you know be able to burn defenses on his own when he's carrying the puck. His straight line speed, I find is pretty good. Um, skating overall could use a little bit of work and that's not to say he's a bad skater. He's a very good skater. I think if he's looking to be at that NHL level, he's got a little bit, a little bit of a way to come, but in terms of where his development is at now um, and obviously heading off to Boston university in the fall, I think he's going to be given every opportunity under the sun to kind of improve every aspect of his game. And I don't think his skating's anything of a concern. Um, but like you said, he's not like that straight line, just go power f- through everybody and whatnot. He's definitely more that agile style where, um, for example, if he's trying to create um, a zone exit or whatnot, um, and something happens to where, you know, he reads the attacker coming down on him in a direction that, you know, he might not see fit, he can easily pivot away be elusive, get away from that and kind of reset things as opposed to trying to force something or, you know, like you say, trying to power right through him. That's not his style. Laura. Oh, I was just going to say, I I think we should wait till the next segment because I have a lot of questions that are kind of a little bit longer. (laughs) So, um, but I, I do have plenty to ask about our new short King because I'm excited, but I also want to temper not just my own expectations, but that of our listeners and Habs fans as well. Like this is a player that's very exciting. He is a steal. He's got a lot of talent. Uh, but I think that if we're expecting him, you know, in a year from now to kind of make the NHL and blow everybody away, I feel like maybe we need to temper it a little bit. So I want to talk about like, a couple more finer aspects of this game but i think scott uh we should probably wait until our next segment so we have a bit more time yes we have so much more with paul zook here on lane hudson and everything else because 
folks, we want you to be excited about Lane Hudson. I want to be excited about Lane Hudson because, as we know, if you are short and you play for Martin St. Louis, your powers increase tenfold by the power of his squads. And Lane Hudson, I think and hope, will be that player in the future. But we have so much more on that all coming up next. But first, today's show is brought to you by the folks at Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one source for odds, lines, and games at betonline.net. Major League Baseball is in full swing. The NFL is in training camp right now. The NHL season isn't too far off. You can get golf, esports, MMA, boxing, anything you need, you can get at Bet Online. They have live in game betting, scores, podcasts, news, whatever you're looking for. So head over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the actions happening. Bet Online where the game starts. We are back with Paul Zook of Smart Scouting and the Charging Buffalo. And Laura, uh, I kind of dominated the first segment here. You <laughs> said you had some questions uh, for our guest on Lane Hudson. So please, the floor is yours. Um, Paul, what do you got? So, all right. So one of my questions is obviously we talked about why he's a steal, right? Like the height thing. And it is true that in today's NHL, you still do need the size. We are kind of going into a smarter, more skilled, speedier league in general. Um, and I think one of the things that you mentioned was talking about his reads and his awareness. And that screams Martin St. Louis, right? I also really like his attitude and the way that he approaches the game and he approaches his own development. I really like that. But even we were talking about how he might have gone in the top 10 if he were just a little bit taller. Even players that go in the top 10, they have things that they need to work on between the time that they're drafted and the time that they finally do make, you know, the pro level. What are aspects of his game do you think, based on your, you know, uh, how much you've watched him, he needs to kind of work on? Not necessarily that they're bad, but just some things that he needs to work on and improve on, improve upon to be effective in the NHL. Absolutely. So like you said, all prospects, they're prospects for a reason. There's there's parts of their game that are a little rough around the edge. There's parts of their game that, you know, might need a little TLC to kind of get to their maximum potential. Um, with Lane Hudson, I would say arguably his shot could use a little bit um, of work. And that's not to say his shot's poor or anything like that. Um, he does lack a little bit of speed. And I don't know if that's necessarily a mechanical thing or if that's more of just the fact of, you know, he is only 5'8", like 160 pounds. Um, that obviously shot speed and shot power will improve as he develops and obviously grows a bit. Um, I don't know if he'll necessarily add much height, um, but he'll probably add a little bit of weight, um, and that'll also help with the shot as well. Um, but yeah, just getting some more time um, shooting the puck on net. And the other aspect I would say of his game, like we kind of touched about in the last segment, would be just some of his skating uh, abilities. Um, I'd like to see him add a little more speed. Um, and that, like I said, that's not to say that he's not fast. Um, he's very agile as well, um, and he can basically make any move kind of anywhere he wants on the ice when it comes to evading uh, attackers. Um, but yeah, just a little bit of work on his skating in terms of just mechanics and showing some things up there, and the same can be said for his shot as well. Uh, if he can work on those in the seasons to come, I mean, he's going to develop into one really, really can't-miss prospect. I'm with so excited about it. <laughs> I was going to say, I had a question with his shot. Like he's not going to potentially be a big Shea Weber esque, you know, slap shot shooter. Can he develop the kind of finesse to become that guy that, you know, risks it and, you know, is more selective with his shooting from the point to have that same effectiveness as a producer on the blue line? 
I would say so. Yeah. I mean, his bread and butter is going to be puck distribution and he has no problem being able to sort out a seam or sorry, search out a seam pass um, and hit a player on the tape through three sets of the legs and who's got a nice tap in goal. No problem. He's going to garner a lot of assists. I think that's where he, his offense uh, production from the blue line is going to be. Um, I wouldn't necessarily peg him as much of a goal scorer, but that uh, the same can be said as well. He's not afraid to shoot and he's also capable of wiring home some pretty impressive shots. Um, but no, I wouldn't expect him to kind of be in the same mold as a Shea Weber. He's going to distribute the puck, and that's how he's going to get his offense uh, from the blue line. Sorry, Laura, I, I cut you off ta- there. No, it's totally <laughs> fine. We're just, we're really, really excited. And we want to like make sure we get all our questions. Um, so one of the things that I know we're going to talk a little bit about in our third segment, because we did solicit some listener questions. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit more about his role on the power play and things like that. My, my question is because he's been compared to the type of player that you now call kind of call a rover, right? We're bringing back that mobile defenseman. We're bringing back that idea that you're not really, you know, we're phasing out the defensive defenseman, the shutdown guys a little bit more. You kind of have to be a jack of all trades. I'm curious about his defensive game a little bit because he is playing the defensive position, but everything that I hear about him is that he's more of a creative, like, like, like we talked about that rover kind of player. So like my thought, like, what are your thoughts on that? defensively I think he's quite solid I mean there's not an aspect of his game defensively that you know is poor um or you know that needs a lot of shoring up um and sometimes with the more offensive defenseman prospects that you find that could that could be an issue because obviously they're more concerned on you know generating offense or generating um like pushing the play and stuff like that I don't find that with Hudson as much I find that his defensive game like I said is pretty shored up um the only thing um I could see is Sometimes when he's playing against um, much uh, more physical, larger opponents, like there was a couple games this season when uh, the NDTP was playing against some of the older, more experienced and physically um, gifted, I guess you'd like to say, uh, some of that competition, he kind of struggled a bit in breaking out of his zone just because of the fact that he always had someone who was, you know, five, six inches taller than him and had 30, 40 pounds on him, um, breathing down his neck. So... That would be the only aspect of his defensive game, I would say, that could use some work is maybe his decision-making one under pressure from larger opponents. Um, but past that, I mean, any time that he's breaking out of his zone, he's capable to read the play. And if he doesn't like something, he has no problem circling back um, to kind of reset things. And it, like when he gets, uh, if he's defending like an odd man rush or whatnot, um, he's capable to kind of, you know, put his body in the way, break up those passing lanes. Um, or if somebody is like trying to break into the, uh, the offensive zone, he's capable to keep that gap control and push them out to the side and kind of limit the, their offensive uh, abilities that way. Um, but yeah, aside from just a couple small things, I think his defensive game is pretty good. My thought Scott. with this is someone mentioned, and this goes back to Cole Caulfield eventually, or because someone mentioned he had to learn how to play within his size because he could never just dominate people because he was not a big person and that he had to learn how to play within himself, his advantages in that size, which includes uh, spacing on the ice and gap control or where to be and reading plays ahead of time to get in the lane for that. Is Hudson going to be in that mold that he's a thinking defenseman more than a, I don't mean to say that he's not going to be physical in a play there, but he's more likely to cut a passing lane than try and engage a board battle and take that space there because he's used to being smaller than his opponents, does that allow him to kind of, you know, think a step ahead and kind of get ahead of plays in the defensive zone 
uh, when he's going to make a play instead of trying to, like we said, instead of charging into the offensive zone, he's going to try and find a lane. Is he going to try and cut that off and, you know, do what he can um, at the next level? Is the NCAA going to help him kind of learn that next step there? I would say a little of column A and a little of column B. Um, he definitely has the hockey IQ and the mindset to kind of be that step ahead. Um, and he's shown that in multiple occasions over the past couple seasons uh, with the scouts eyes on him. But that can also be said that he's more than capable of kind of being that physical aspect along the boards. Like if he's stuck in a board battle down low, he's not, he doesn't shy away from that. Um, It's not an aspect of his game that I don't like, I wouldn't say that he likes to go after, but if he's obviously um, in that situation, he's not going to like cower away or anything like that. So I think it kind of would benefit him to work on both. Um, That way you can keep uh, being deceptive um, and the opponent really wouldn't know what to expect every single time. Um, But I would say, yeah, probably a little bit of both. Would you say that he's not the type of, you know, he's not the type of defenseman that's going to like push other players around the ice, like some of the ones that we've seen who are also, you know, effective defensemen, but he's kind of going to be really, really annoying and like a pest and just kind of be thinking ahead of you when you're trying to create your own offense. Yeah, I could definitely see where his gameplay would uh, frustrate opponents, um, especially in the sense of, like you said, he's always going to try and be thinking that step ahead because that's the game that he likes to play. And yeah, if the other team's trying to generate offense in tight or, you know, trying to hit a seam pass, he can break that up or lay his body on the line. He's not afraid to do that either. Um, Yeah, I could definitely see where he'd be that kind of, you know, thorn in the side to play against and make it difficult for the opponent. We have so, so much more to get to. We have listener questions. We're going to get our final thoughts with Paul Zook here. And that's all coming up in our next segment. All right, so we are back. We are in our final segment, and we asked for listener questions uh, from Twitter because, you know, we love to do that. And speaking of that, our next episode that we will be recording this week is our Friday mailbag. So please tweet us at LO underscore Canadians or send questions to LockdownCanadians at gmail.com or in the YouTube questions. Just don't be a jerk. We ain't got time for that. Um, We're going to jump right into some of the questions here. We asked for a tweet. We asked in a tweet on Twitter for questions, and this one comes from Kay. Uh, and she wants to know, I'd be super curious about Paul's thoughts on something. There's obviously a lot of talk and hope from Habs fans that hopefully Hudson will grow, but I've also seen from scouts that what makes him special and very good at his position is what his size allows him to do. Do you buy into that? Or do you think him getting a few inches taller will change his overall effectiveness? That's a very good question. And when I look back at kind of development paths, one name kind of strikes out to me. And it's funny because he was also a Boston University graduate and he's a Hurricanes prospect um, and actually Boston's captain. Uh, his name's Dominic, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but Dominic Fensore. Anyway, he's a, he's a Hurricanes prospect and he kind of has the same physical stature as Hudson. And when he got to Boston uh, University, they let him play his game and they didn't try and mold him into something that he wasn't. And obviously it panned out for him very well. Um, he's taken that next step in his career and he's going to be, I think he's going to be in the NHL very soon. And I kind of think that when it comes to Hudson, um, he should kind of be trying to, to mimic himself and his game plan uh, for his development, kind of like that. I don't necessarily think that adding some size is going to change his game, um, but I can definitely see where a team might want him 
to kind of develop in that sense of maybe trying to change some of the things that he does. I don't necessarily think it'd be the right move, but that's I'm, there's a reason why I'm not in the NHL and they are. <laughs> so from my opinion, I think he'd be better suited kind of just to worry about the game that he's playing right now as opposed to trying to um, you know, get, gain some more size and kind of change the way he does things in that aspect. Uh, we I had another question. So. Oh, sorry. sorry, Laura, go ahead. I'm so sorry, Scott. No, I do think it's because right, we all know the story, right? He brought the doctor's note about his bone age and it's not a bone disease. It's literally just like, you know, an endocrinologist just saying that he could grow taller. I just really, really admire the stones. And this is one of the reasons that I love this kid. He's like, he's determined he's going to make the NHL um, and he's going to do what it takes. But you kind of have to plan your life as though that's not going to happen, right? Like he has to develop as though he's not going to get those two, three extra inches that he wants or that NHL teams might want. But it did kind of bring to mind, and I know we usually do Twitter and then email separately, but one of our listeners who actually suggested um, that we bring somebody on to talk about Lane Hudson because he wanted to hear a lot about him was talking literally about Boston University and you know that the player that you just referenced which I also say Fensori I'm not sure if that's correct um and he's gonna be you know he's probably gonna be the the top guy the point guy in the top power play unit and all of that and and in the depth chart Lane Hudson's probably gonna come you know just below that so I'm curious about you know what you think what you would do. It's not, you're not, you're not the coach of Boston university. Neither am I. If it was me, I would play him as many minutes as possible. Um, <laughs> what would you kind of do? What kind of situations would you put him in uh, to kind of, you know, help him develop the, those aspects of his game? I, I think, you know, playing against much larger players, as much time as he can do doing that is going to help him sort of, you know, just improve those instincts, those reads, those staying a step ahead, that kind of stuff. So what kind of situations would you put him in to sort of maximize his development? You're very right. And I, I'm kind of of the mind of when it comes to stuff like that, the best way to kind of learn, I guess, is to kind of be thrown to the wolves a little bit. And I don't necessarily know if it's the right play for, for Lane as a player, but if it were me, I would want to be thrown into those situations left and right, you know, kind of play everything, be it even strength, be it penalty kill, be it power play, no matter what it is. I would want to be on the ice as much as possible trying to learn um, because he could be there for two seasons. He could be there for four. It, it's really hard to say. And obviously the quicker that you are able to adapt to your surroundings and whatnot is the quicker you're able to become a little more comfortable and kind of play your game. And you're not necessarily worried about having to, you know, that thought in the back of your mind of, oh, am I doing this right? Or, oh, am I doing that right? It's kind of our, your bases are covered at that point, And then you can be a little more comfortable and worry about playing the style of game that got you there. Um, but that being said, when it comes to somebody like Hudson, um, size and speed are definitely a factor when it comes to playing against older, uh, much more physically uh, gifted players like we talked about in the last segment. Um, so I don't know if that's going to be their game plan moving forward for next season. Perhaps maybe it's something in his sophomore year that he might take on. But then again, like you said, I'm not the coach. Of, I'm not Jay Pandolfo. I'm not the head coach of Boston University. So uh, It's funny that Laura mentioned him bringing his endocrinologist note to the combine because that's one of the other questions we got. Uh, S. Mulligan on Twitter says, I love that Hudson brought the medical report to the combine saying he would grow more. And they're wondering, in Paul's experience, how often do prospects grow after being drafted? Are there any outliers you can think of who shot up the year after being drafted? And I assume shot up in terms of, I assume, growth, height, whatever it might be. Um, and I'm curious as that as well, because I don't think we, we've seen guys pack on muscle, 
but I don't think we've seen a lot of people grow vertically a whole ton after they've been picked. That's a very good question. I can't think of any off the top of my head, like you said, that entertained a huge uh, growth in the sense of height spurt. Um, there's definitely those players that have been able to, that have been a little more lanky um, and have been able to build on the muscle and add on the pounds, you know, to become that physical force. Um, but off the top of my head, I can't think of any that would have endured such a, a growth spurt in terms of height. That's a very good question. <laughs> Laura, we should get, we should book an endocrinologist and ask for their opinion on how much we actually think he's going to grow. Even <laughs> in this That's I, and, really funny because I, you know what? It's really, really interesting. Like there, I feel like we should get like a sports scientist at the very least, or like somebody with some medical knowledge to kind of talk to us about some of these questions that we get all the time about not just size, but a lot of things that, you know, like weight and aerodynamics and things like that. I think it's really cool. Um, but I do think that, you know, one of the things that I think is really the one, one of the players that I can think of, sorry, um, that I, I really saw a difference in between the time that he was drafted and the time that he started playing was Eric Carlson. Like when he was drafted, I remember that interview because I thought it was so adorable. And he, he was telling, he was being asked, it was on TSN. He was being asked, you know, what's your next step? And he said, I'm going to go get some muscles. <laughs> like, and I thought that was adorable. <laughs> like, and so like, that's, you know, you can kind of see the way that they change in terms of like, yeah, they're, they're pretty scrawny and then they grow and then they become that physical force they need to be. But the height thing is just, it's so entertaining because we are moving into a new NHL, but we're not quite there yet. I can just tell you from our commenters and listeners, a lot of people are like, just no more small players, no more small players. And it's like, we're not in 2002 anymore. Like small players can be successful. And I think eventually your skill and your speed is going to matter so much more than your size. Not today, maybe 15 years from now, but right now I feel like, you know, the future is trending towards intelligence on the ice and speed and 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 reads like marty says we have one final question for paul comes from sam and it just says hi paul say nice things about lane which i don't think is a question but i'm counting it as a question anyway (laughs) (laughs) so sam's actually a diehard habs fan too so it kind of kind of works well there's so many good things you can say about his game just right from the offense right down to you know, just the way he can read off his defensive partner. He played a lot this season with Ryan Chesley, who was a second rounder, early second rounder of the Capitals. Um, Chesley does have a, an aspect to his game that is uh, offense-based, but he's kind of more, when you're comparing the two, Chesley's definitely more defensive-minded. And I think that's where Hudson would be better, best paired with uh, moving forward. In that so sense. like Tatum Gooley? <laughs> <laughs> Potentially, yes. Um but that'll also free Hudson up to kind of be that creative mindset in the offensive zone and might allow him to be a little more risky. And that's another aspect of his game that I would say he might look to work on is be a little less risky when pinching down the offensive zone and trying to generate offense as a whole. Um, But if he's paired with a partner, um, you know, someone like Chesley or like Caden Gooley, like you mentioned, Laura, I think it'd be best for the team and best for Lane Hudson's development that'll allow him to play the game that basically got him to where he is now. But other than that, an amazing draft pick by the Habs. And unfortunately that is going to bring an end to the lane Hudson Palooza here at lockdown Canadians. <laughs> we will have Paul on in the future as Hudson continues his hockey East, hopefully domination at Boston university. Uh, Paul, do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you on social media and where they can find your work? 
Absolutely. You guys can find me on Twitter at uh, PaulZook underscore 81. And that's where I do all my work. <laughs> uh, as always, you can follow us at LO underscore Canadians. Send us your mailbag questions there. LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick. You can follow myself at Scott Matla. Subscribe on YouTube. We are climbing slowly towards 2,000 subscribers. So thank you for that. Uh, and as always, folks, we will see you all next time.